I'm Priscilla McKinney, host of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Well, you've joined us for an amazing episode because I had a very, very interesting article crop up. And what do I do but reach out to the experts in my life and in my sphere of influence? And immediately, I thought to call Andy Cressadina and have him back on the podcast once again because he's an amazing expert on web design and content marketing and how they can work together. So welcome back to the show again, Andy. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Priscilla. This will be fun. <laughs> I love talking with you, and I'm going to just start the, start the conversation by telling everybody why I called you and why I'm like, we've got to have Andy back on this podcast. It is so relevant. So I got an article just served up to me through social media, as it is wont to do, and it obviously thought this was very relevant to me. Well, it was. It was worth clicking. It was from the Business Journals, and we'll provide a link in here. And while I'm not a person who like actively out there seeks to debunk anyone, I could not believe my eyes as I read through this article. And it was entitled, Five Reasons WordPress is a Risky Choice for Your Business. Now, you and I know that headlines are worth a lot, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Andy, I'm going to put a link right here. Andy and his team uh, just absolutely write fantastic content, and they have a fantastic uh, um, system for creating amazing headlines. And we talked about that in the last podcast. We gave the link to that. I'm going to give it again. But before we even get into this article and really debate it and really put some truth um, out there, Andy, tell me, I mean, everything mm-hmm. that's in this title, five <laughs> reasons, mm-hmm. WordPress is a risky mm-hmm choice for your business. So comments about the title. (laughs) It's a good one. You got to admit like, yeah, that's going to get the, that's going to attract a few clicks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it's also taking a stand, which separate from headlines. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful tactic in content anyway, is to come out for or against something. So, uh, strong opinions is one of those things that has been shown to, um, you know, correlate with strong results, correlate with shares and engagement and clicks and traffic. Um, but, Opinion. That's the question here. And that's what you and I are going to get into is like, is this opinion? How well supported is this assertion that uh, WordPress is a risky choice for your business? And I'm happy to jump in with the counterpoints. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into the very, all five of them. Um, but before I before I get into that, I just want to tell people a little bit about you um, in case they haven't listened to uh, you on my podcast before. But Andy Crestedina is the founder and leader of uh, Orbit Media Studios, and they do fantastic work in web design, UX, and um, analytics. But he also is the author of Content Chemistry. I, you know, refer to it as the content Bible. So I'm a huge fan. And, uh, you know, it's it's so nice to find peers in our industry who are really doing things that improve the industry. And so that's kind of where I want to couch this, you know, this podcast is it's not me going out after someone and just trying to debunk a theory because I'm just being mean. But the thing is, is that I feel very uh, committed to the integrity of our industry. And when I see something like this that's written out there that really in the end looks like clickbait to me, it's a little bit upsetting. And so I feel like it is our duty to come back and say, no, this is not actually quite right. Just because it got published doesn't mean it's true. And I just have to say with all my heart is that everything that I read on your blog, it's well-researched, it's well-thought through, it's actually cleverly written. So I'm a huge fan, Um, but it's so helpful. Like the, mm. what you guys provide is helpful. And that is really rule number one of, of uh, successful content, correct? 
That's right. That's the point. That's why people go to websites. Right. Well, anything else you want to share before we get into it? You're being gracious enough to come on this and really help my audience understand why these kinds of tactics, number one, are not great um, and where, where the responsibility lies. And then secondly, you're going to help people with a lot of, you know, uh, questions that they have about their, their sure. websites. We're going to really get into this. Yeah. But tell you want to give everybody just an idea of, like, who's the ideal client for Orbit Media Studios? And if they're in the market for what, are they perfect for you? Sure. Orbit is a web design and development company. Started in Chicago in 2001, back when it was just me and my buddy. There's 36 of us now. We've been doing this for 18 years. We have done thousands, literally thousands of web projects, uh, big and small. Um, they tend to be more for like the mid-sized businesses uh, across different industries, but we love, I'm a B2B lead gen marketer, so that's a passion of mine. Um, Priscilla, you and I have mutual clients in that category, and it's super fun. Um, and we use different content management systems. So this should be a good conversation. I want to be kind of balanced here and not come out as like a hardcore evangelist for WordPress because I do not think of myself as a hardcore evangelist for WordPress. Um, but uh, we, we hope to be unbiased and agnostic in terms of our technology choices. So with that in mind, um, you know, this is a really interesting conversation to come back and, and share ideas about whether or not WordPress is risky for business. Right. Well, it, let, let's put this in case in point, is that we're a HubSpot uh, you know, certified agency, and you have a lot of issues with HubSpot. Frankly, we have issues with HubSpot. It would be it would be unwise for us to not be able to really be balanced and honest with you know what are the pros of particular services and what are the cons. And I, I mm-hmm. love that about us. We're always able to say, okay, well, these are the things that don't work on this system. But every marketing automation platform has their problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, I never want to be coming to my you know my client saying, oh yeah, this system is perfect. Now, of course, you know, we we are on HubSpot and I, I really, I happen to love it for a comprehensive marketing tool. Um, but just like Infusionsoft or any of their other, you know, uh, competitors, Marketo, you can go on down the list. Uh, there's just pros and cons and you have to really, more than anything, understand what are the goals of the client and what are the capabilities of the client to be able to overcome any kind of challenges that a marketing platform would face. Exactly. I mean, if it was one size fits all, everybody could have the same website, the same CMS. Right. So So, everybody joining this podcast, you know that Andy and I are just very transparent. We'll talk openly about what we think is good about something, what is bad. So let's dive into this particular uh, business journal publication Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the awesome catchy title, Five Reasons WordPress is a Risky Choice for Your Business. So how this conversation started was I received this. I sent it to Andy and said, wow, what fresh pile of bullshit is this blog? And should you come on my podcast and let's pick it apart and discuss it? Because this is the problem I see all the time is that business owners see these things in print, they read them and they think, oh my gosh, I got to go change this. I got to go get off WordPress. And then they'll call the agency and say, are we on WordPress? We've got to get off WordPress. You know, and they, they hear these little snippets and then they start, you know, actually Um, you know, changing the course or making decisions about their marketing um, and it's not informed. Exactly right. uh, It just drives me crazy. So obviously the the push and maybe the fear that's at the bottom of this, that the why it's such a great title 
is that um, entrepreneurs, business owners, CMOs, whoever it is, uh, they're worried about hacks. There's a lot of fear about, you know, people taking over a website or, you know, malware. Um, just, you know, uh, data breaches obviously is one of the biggest ones that is on the mind of every, you know, business owner and thinking, is the data that I store, is it protected? Am I going to end up in a lawsuit? You know, so there's just tons of fear under here. But it's interesting because he starts with uh, this and saying, number one, the reason why it's risky is that it's designed for blogs. So let's mm-hmm. let's dive into that. Um, and it is true that WordPress was originally started, you know, as a database to manage blog content. Okay, true. You get a point for mm-hmm. being true. Um, but let's talk about that a little bit. Why Why would it be risky if it were designed for blogs? Well, I guess the idea there is that behind the scenes, the tool is not going to be as flexible as it should be because it was really meant for one purpose and now it's being used for many things. But take a moment to think about all of the tools in your life that grew in their purpose or just the internet, all of the ways in which the internet is doing work that it wasn't initially designed for. For example, the internet was designed to share information. It wasn't meant for transactions, so it was (laughs) adapted later. HTTPS, yeah, the S was added to HTTP, the whole protocol for powering the internet was added because the internet wasn't secure. So we don't avoid using e-commerce because the internet was not built for e-commerce or even better and almost hilariously, the, the, uh, the tool, the programming language behind WordPress and most of the web is called PHP. It's an open source programming language. It runs on open source operating systems. Uh, this is like, uh, the majority of the internet basically. Um, PHP originally stood for personal homepage. When it was created, it was not meant to do what it's doing now. It was meant for one person's single website. It wasn't, it, it, so uh, extensibility is a virtue and things that have grown in their purpose and utility, that's a good thing. Right, well, let's just think about, you know, 2007, enter the iPhone. I don't know about you, but do you ever use it to call people? Right, yeah. <laughs> You don't look look at your phone and you say, "Ah, I'm not going to check social media. The phone was designed for voice. Right. Which the only way I use voice on it is that I use the voice recorder almost every day, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it was certainly not designed as a voice recorder. You know, that's a dumb app that probably someone added later on thinking, oh, no one will use this. Right. So the fact that WordPress was designed for blogs actually isn't relevant. Right. Look at the tool and ask yourself, what are you trying to do with this tool? Does this tool help you do what you're trying to do? Same as any tool. And then in one of those uh, points, actually, he brings up that, um, that there aren't dynamic company websites that were actually built you know, on WordPress. So that's also not true. Yeah, WordPress is dynamic content. It's content management. It's content built to be served from a database. Uh, I and, and we can get into it. Just I'll, I'll jump to the I'll cut to the chase. Uh, the size and scope of the websites that use WordPress is massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are some of the biggest. I could run down the list, but the, some of the biggest websites on the internet are using versions of WordPress on the back end, using that WordPress-based foundation. So Yeah, yeah. Re- read, through, read, read through a few that you found. TechCrunch, Bloomberg, BBC, Sony, MTV, Disney, they're, they're, <laughs> The New Yorker. <laughs> the the there, list there is are, already funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a third of websites. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, governments are using mm-hmm. it. 
Microsoft is using it. <laughs> Why would Microsoft use a tool? It doesn't. It's so that case. That and I'm not saying that it's the perfect CMS for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that the argument that it was built for blogs isn't relevant cool. per se. I mean, there's it, it's used for so many things. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's move on to two. He says that it is, or he, I said he, I don't know who wrote this. Um, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to, you know. It's a gentleman named Jason Mudd. And it's, and, and, <laughs> and it's really against the writer. You know, what I think we're coming out against is single POV content that mm-hmm. makes one case without a balanced perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, I do respect uh, this approach to content. Right, um, right. Oh, I actually do know it's a he. Actually, I did look up who submitted it. So I'll leave it off the podcast, but you can look at the link okay. yourself if you're really interested. Okay, sure. so the next point is that it's built on stack design. And and for those people who aren't technical in stack design, this isn't a technical podcast. We kind of don't care about that, except to say that basically the idea is that, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of the technology behind it, which you alluded to already, the PHP, that it requires to be translated to HTML, and so that this is actually the process is slowing down load time. And so when he's kind of come back to the headline, what's risky about it, he's saying, well, what's risky is that, you know, you're going to have a slower running website. I think it, I'm a little bit confused by this. It, that is the Internet. That's how the web works. So technology works in layers. You know, assembly code is the bottom layer closest to the processor. Above that, there sits a uh, another layer of programming when your computer boots. Above that sits the operating system. Above that sits so there's above that sits software. Browsing is done in browsers, which is a piece of software, and HTML sits on top of the browser. So there's a stack in every web page that loads from any website, regardless of whether or not it uses WordPress. Mm-hmm. So every every website has front has front-end JavaScript and HTML code created and written on the fly by back-end server-side programming code, such as PHP, and that is pulling data from a database, dynamically generating content from a database, which is often, say, like MySQL, and, the, and all of that is on a server on the serv- you know, on the on the back end, and this is just how the internet works. Right. So bad code means slow websites, good code means fast websites, but that is a completely independent consideration of WordPress, PHP, Linux right. versus Sitecore, um, you know, uh, Microsoft. It, it, there isn't really, um, it doesn't. You could you could have a site run fast or slow on any content management system, on any database. These are not, it's not true that WordPress is necessarily slow. Now there are reputations of content management systems that run hot, use a lot of processing power. Um, Drupal is known as one that has, that's doing so many things that it requires uh, more uh, server resources. So you could argue that uh, on the back end, there are certain content management systems that do require more, you know, more complex and uh, more headroom in the back end for the processors in the, in the hosting environment. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the front end code of these things is slow. There's all there's a hundred little smart ways to build things that load code fast, uh, you know, as it gets parsed from the programming language to HTML. And every CMS is doing that. Every right. CMS is, is, is making things in a programming language that translate into HTML and JavaScript. And that's what you see on your screen. 
In celebration of the launch of our Flock Stars podcast miniseries, it's time for yet another Badass Women giveaway. For this round, we've pieced together an incredible prize package full of amazing stuff you definitely want. Here's what's included so far. A girl power themed mug from Women in Research, an AYTM leather journal and pen, an AYTM t-shirt, some Little Bird Marketing swag items like a tote bag, pop socket, and diner mug, Pocket RBG Wisdom, a book of supreme quotes and inspired musings from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and a Me To You Box care package, including a set of four earth-friendly reusable metal straws with a straw cleaner, a papaya-scented body wash-infused buffer sponge, a cute little box of inspirational message cards by the brand Life Is Beautiful, and a tube of Laritzy Cosmetics High Gloss Lip Gloss. You don't want to miss this giveaway, so go to littlebirdmarketing.com slash badasswomen and enter. This list of items keeps growing by the day, so make sure to keep checking the page for updates. Best of luck. Let's bring this to the real world. You and I had a situation with a mutual client where, um, you know, you guys had designed, obviously, a beautiful website, and we wanted to add some really awesome video to the front page. Mm -hmm. And in loading that, it started, you know, pulling the time. And we're like, oh, that's loading too slow. And all we had to do was go and put it on a Vimeo Pro account, actually get the, you know, the video to be the right size, and just work on a few puzzles, you know, puzzle pieces and put them together until we had the right, you know, combination. And this was not dragging the site down at all. And so it comes to, well, I'm not saying that certain things that you do are not going to cause problems, but do you have the tools in your toolbox to deal with the specific problem so that you can bring the site to operate the way you want it to and at the speed that you need it? Yeah. I mean, the best thing that a content manager and website owner can do for their site speed is to go back and confirm that they've optimized, cropped and resized, and optimized and compressed all of the pictures they put on their website. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stream their video from a fast professional. (laughs) Should we drop the mic and just end the podcast right there? (laughs) Yeah. People think, oh, I'm worried my site's slow. And then you go look and they've got like these huge pictures Mm -hmm. on their homepage. They didn't resize down that they're letting. So one thing, WordPress actually helps with this. WordPress has tools and we're about to get into plugins Mm -hmm. that will automatically resize. In other words, size down, optimize, compress, make faster. Any huge picture you upload from your phone. Right. So it's actually, um, there are specific features built into WordPress and its plugins that make sites faster. Yeah. So let's move right into that one. The third point that it has why it's risky is because it requires plugins. But actually, that seems to me to be, you know, the open source, the PHP, all of that. That is what actually I think makes WordPress so great is that there are 50,000 official WordPress plugins. And so what it is that you need to get fixed, someone has written that code and you can sometimes get them for free, sometimes pay for them. And, and it's absolutely worth it. But the plugins, you know, just just for example, are things that would help you, your site run faster, record the traffic, monitor screen comments, optimize keyword searches mm-hmm. and more. And this is seen, you know, in, to this writer as the negative, where this is what we see as the absolute, uh, you know, the positive. Now, I know what he's saying here is that the reason why it's risky is because, oh, as soon as you add other things, that's, an, you know, gives entree to other malware and to hackers and things like that. But again, it kind of comes down to, well, is this a a reputable source? Is this a plugin that you understand? Do you know how to put it in? And have you secured the rest of the site? Yeah, I mean, it's a valid point that the fact that there's so many plugins and they can be added so easily can cause problems for websites. You know, if you, if you had, um, if you could easily add all kinds of different features to your car just by pressing a button, 
what's your car going to be like after you've pressed that button, you know, different buttons a hundred times, you know, you, you're, you might add up, add so many things that the, it becomes less usable or more unwieldy or things that don't work together well. So it, that idea is, is, um, is valid, but I agree with your point that this is part of what makes it great. You open up the world to make something better and create standards for how those improvements can be added and managed. Uh, yes, it does take expertise to decide which of these things is the best way to do something or you know, how, uh, how to manage them or at what point should they be um, um, uh, updated. There's, so you know, when you add 25 plugins to your site, you're gonna start seeing lots of alerts in the back end. So there are uh, disadvantages there, but it's the wisdom of crowds. The, the internet keeps getting better because you empower an army of geniuses to keep working on it. The opposite of a tool like WordPress without plugins is a closed network, the walled garden where there are, um, there's less ability to make improvements. It's like your phone. You know, your phone is great partly because you added apps. Is the argument, hey, you had to add apps to your phone. Your phone would be a better phone if you couldn't just add apps from any app developer. Partly true, right? Your phone would be <laughs> rock solid. It would never crash. It would run super fast. But that's why you like your phone. Is I would never look it at it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's better now. <laughs> what would so, yeah, I do that, without the Trello plugin? I, I don't know. I, I might stop breathing. So <laughs> so be careful. You know, use, use plugins with caution. Talk to a pro. You know, be be sensitive to what you're putting on your website. Uh, these have implications. Um, but uh, it, grabbing the right tool at the right time just makes life better. Right. Well, let's move a little bit into uh, the hacker question because that's his fourth is that it's a target for hackers. And this is not my area of ex expertise. And so I just want to hear from you. Obviously, the case is that we look at any kind of data breach and, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Even he brings up, oh, a, a big pharma attack. Well, I mean, that's kind of the big sites, you know, going on right now. So you just pointed out, you know, from BBC to Disney, who's using WordPress, um, you know, and and kind of thinking through how many sites around the world are on it, well, that kind of goes to show they're going to get right. hacked because it's yep. prominent companies that are using them. So I don't know how it has to do with Word, you know, press specifically. Um, so tell me a little bit about that. Like, what are some, you know, some pro tips that people can do, no matter what CMS they're running, in order to keep them, you know, safer uh, and, and to keep their, their data safe? Well, there are hosting companies that are specifically built for WordPress websites, and they take care of a lot of the security patches and upgrades and uh, things that you need to do to make your site safe. There's two ways that you can keep the, the main two ways to keep anything safe is to keep an eye and monitor the security warnings and updates and keep things patched because when a patch comes out, there's a reason for that. And and your operating system on your computer, your your phone, everything that you have that's technology. It has security holes that get improved, that get plugged with patches come out. That's what you're doing when you update your phone, when you up, when you um, uh, update your computer. This is normal. That's how the internet works. Now, so that's that's one thing to do, and you can have that done for you if you use a tool like WP Engine. There's tons of these. That's a big WordPress hosting company. The other reason is just basic security. What's your password? Have you updated? You know, is it is it secure? Have you shared it? How many people are using your login? So. That's the main way to keep anything secure is to do your personal job and to be responsible. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a client who installed a free, they wanted to go cheap, they wanted a free FTP tool to upload files to the internet. 
that tool added code to their computer. They didn't want to spend money on a good one. They got a cheap, they got a free one. That added code to their computer. And then anytime they logged in um, to their website to make changes, this code, this this uh, thing on their computer was adding stuff to their to their website. You know, they, so they, yes, that was targeting WordPress. But of course, people target WordPress. It's the same reason they target Microsoft. It's because it's popular. <laughs> if you're if you're a hacker, why would you try to hack into some tiny obscure thing? So yeah, popular things are always targets. But just because it is a target doesn't mean that it is high risk. Right. I mean, if you believe that, then you should stop using Android or iPhones. <laughs> use some, use BlackBerry because they'll be less of a target. <laughs> okay, and we'll see you at the end of your life because apparently from here till then we're not going to talk with you. <laughs> That's right. So you know, and it, this is interesting because I know I, I really do not like pieces like this that play off of people's biggest fears and you know uh, really tap into th- those those you know those places where you feel as a business owner that you are most vulnerable and you're just like, gosh, I'm just hoping that the experts are right, but it just goes to show you one of the the um, four examples he gives under this that, that it's a target for hackers is relating to um, an unpatched plugin that someone mm-hmm. was using. And so they mm-hmm. did not update and patch the plugin, and that is why it was hacked. So I think a huge takeaway here is make sure you're hosting with a reputable company who is looking at, you know, updating the patches, looking at the updates. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure for you too, you guys are hosting, we're ho- we manage hosting for people. We don't charge very much per year for it, but I don't think people really appreciate what it means. It means we don't just receive the money for the year and, you know, we're hosting for you and we're managing it and we do nothing. Oh my gosh, if I look at the emails in my inbox that come from, you know, our web hosting mm-hmm. company about this update happened here, this WordPress update, this plugin update, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to monitor all those and look at every single safety one. It's somebody's job here every month yeah. to go through those reports and comb through them and make sure that the, you know, the websites aren't going to crash or that there's not security updates. And even as experts, that happens. I mean, you know it. You have a it website works. that goes down. That's why we back them up so we can bring them back up online. Things happen like that because it is the internet and there always are changes, but there's a reason why your web hosting service is charging you and you probably should ask them, but are you putting in the updates on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that small amount that you pay for hosting. It's not free money for the company that's hosting your website. They, <laughs> we, can, yeah, we can cry about work. that after, Andy. <laughs> that, that's a job. That's a stressful job. It's yeah. a difficult job. Yeah. Okay, the last piece is that it doesn't integrate analytics, which I find kind of funny because go back to number three, which is uh, plugins. And I think the most common plugin that people use on WordPress, and correct me if I'm wrong, for analytics specifically is Jetpack. Yeah, is it? it's, I mean, what website, the only companies that integrate analytics into their CMS are the companies that are selling, their, they're making money from their CMS and their analytics which is great business model. I'm in favor of that. I'm a capitalist and, and, and pro growth for any company helping someone else on the internet. Um, but even those companies are still integrating analytics, Google analytics. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, there are everyone, 96% of websites are using Google analytics, which is technically not integrated. It is added. So mm-hmm. right. there are, yeah. That, so, even HubSpot users, most mm-hmm. HubSpot users still use Google Analytics. Do they complain that HubSpot doesn't integrate analytics? No, they use the same tools we all use. They have HubSpot analytics as well, but 
it's hard to find a marketer who, who who is a big fan of single sources of data yeah or who doesn't also want to have google analytics on their website mm-hmm. so that kind of invalidates this point of like uh, web wordpress doesn't integrate analytics because nobody's website integrates analytics with a capital a and everybody uses analytics with a capital a that's a google product mm-hmm. we all have it added to all of our websites even if you use HubSpot, like well, Marketo, Infusionsoft, or whatever. Right. And, you know, like I love that, that there's no one source of data. We pull our WordPress report our, uh, from there. We pull Google Analytics, and we pull HubSpot for every single client that we have. Sure. And it's the mix of those three that we use to create our own internal high-level, low-level reports for the client to look over. Um, mm-hmm. And it is actually what's interesting. It's important to get two different things because sometimes I find issues, like between HubSpot and Google Analytics, might be saying something different. I'm like, wait, why is this? What's going on? And sometimes you find interesting things that may be broken, you know, links maybe that aren't worked or maybe a subdomain that's not tracking properly. And it's Mm -hmm. really important for the health of your, you know, of your CMS to be able to have a couple of outside sources to to really pinpoint issues. Yeah. And still use every other one of those tools, you know, still use Marketo or Pardot, use all those things. Right. But everyone's website is a bit of a mashup of different tracking tools. It's that's I've never seen a website that was. You can't expect perfect single vendor integration. You know, just go to here. I'm on this website now. I'm going to click on a plugin I have on my browser. By the way, browsers have plugins too. There are <laughs> 55, 55 different uh, JavaScript tracking codes on this on this article. So wow. is, is this website complaining that they can't do all that in one tool? Mm-hmm. Everybody uses piles of tools. Right. That was ghostery, by the way. It shows all the JavaScript tracking code and, and tracking pixels on any website. Oh, that's so interesting. Giant pile. They mm-hmm. are using tons of them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, at the end of this section is where the author kind of is where you, you, you get into possible, you know, POV. They recommend HubSpot. This author is recommending HubSpot, which is not the least bit surprising. HubSpot is considers itself to be a competitor to WordPress. Mm-hmm. So if you're selling HubSpot or recommending HubSpot, of course, you, you are constantly talking about the downsides of WordPress. This is not an agnostic point of view. Mm-hmm. This is a HubSpot advocate re- recommending against WordPress. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, but that's but uh, that's what happens when you consider the source, and that's yeah. quite clear. Well, and here's the fairness point from our side. We do sell HubSpot, and we do not actually use their COS. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah, and it's not... interesting, there's a, there's a little bit of an issue to me about, like, the ownership of your website. So I get very, you know, for me, recommending WordPress for someone and then integrating it to HubSpot is the proposal that makes me feel right? That is in the end, the decision I would hope that the experts in my life would be helping me recommend because HubSpot is obviously a pay to play. It is very robust. It's not cheap. Um, Yes, it's a marketing automation tool. Yes, it can be hosting, you know, your site. And yes, it can be doing all of your sales CRM. So in some ways, it's like, oh, it's everything. Let's go with it. But if you go with it and you build you, your website on HubSpot and then you want to actually leave HubSpot at some point. Or very hard. Yeah. Very, very hard. And that is where I have the problem with it. And, you know, we'll have people on from HubSpot um, coming up here. And I'm going to ask them that same question, you know, and let them answer for, for themselves. And as always, putting the truth out there. But I, that's where I come at it from an agency and an entrepreneur who, yeah, I would love to have you be on HubSpot for the marketing automation, 
but I don't recommend the you know it hosting your site simply for the reason that things change over time. And I find mm-hmm. that having people build their website on WordPress and let us integrate it to HubSpot gives the company the flexibility that I would appreciate for my own company. Yeah, the switching costs. It's in HubSpot's interest to make the switching costs extremely high, mm-hmm. so that to create to create a type of loyalty. Right, uh, for them to go back or, to WordPress. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. But uh, I'm not, and I could write an article, Five Reasons Why HubSpot's a Risky Choice. I probably <laughs> wouldn't write that because I, I prefer to write things that, um, even though people don't love ambiguity, to write an article that gives pros and cons. Right. And one thing I would say, pros and cons for HubSpot or for WordPress, one of the best reasons to use either of these tools is that you are already up to speed on it. Mm-hmm. A good reason to use or to use or keep using HubSpot is that your team is trained on it, you're getting value from it. So... The human switching cost, not the technology integration, migration, but the the uh, if you use and like WordPress, that almost right there helps me recommend WordPress to you because you're getting because you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, WordPress has many other advantages. We talked about some of them. Another is just that it's so ubiquitous that it's easy to find people who know how to who know what they're doing. So you can find developers and content managers who are already familiar with it very easily. I totally agree with that. I bring that up to people all the time. You want to find, you know, uh, someone to help you with your website. If you say it's on WordPress, you can't swing a cat without hitting someone who knows know. how to work it's WordPress. Big plus. Yeah. Even I know how to work WordPress. <laughs> That's <laughs> saying else. something, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's so easy to use. Okay. But, so but. we're, the, the, now we've like countered this, you know, like all, all this interesting thing that, that pretty closely amounts to poppy but um, so what would you have to say? What are some things that let's give a, some good takeaways? Say I'm a business sure. owner. I own a website and I need to find out. Obviously, I mentioned the first thing is call whoever's doing your hosting and, and ask them, you know, are you doing updates? What, what exactly does your hosting mm-hmm. service entail? Um, is my website secure? What other things should they be asking and doing? Yeah. Are they, do they have plugins on their, on their version of WordPress that they're not using? Are there anything, you know, is there, um, uh, is there, is their site running fast or slow? Do they have images that aren't compressed or optimized or cropped accordingly? Uh, is there, are they uh, using a professional hosting service? Do they have big content, like we mentioned, big content that isn't being streamed from a content delivery network? That's a speed implication. Do they have analytics properly installed? So there's good takeaways from an article like this. It should raise questions that help your marketing. But Priscilla, I think one of the main things from something like this that I think of is that we all have built into our brains the confirmation bias. Mm. And when you come across an article that kind of supports something you you may have already believed, you tend to put a lot of weight on it. So it's it's the reason it's the problem with the news media right now, frankly, is that we all kind of have you know segregated ourselves into parts of the news media that keep confirming things we sort of believe. So we all have to keep in mind that we each have this confirmation bias and that we are likely to we gravitate toward content that confirms something that we already think. I bet you thousands of HubSpot agencies uh, forwarded this article to their clients. Uh, people who already don't like WordPress forwarded it along to you know their peers. Uh, it was so the better way is to see an article like this and to let it challenge you and to really think like, are there valid points in here? And yes, there are. So it's a, uh, knowing your own biases 
is important just as a content consumer, mm -hmm. but also certainly as a marketer. Because if you are a hammer and you do see the world as a nail, and you you are a you know I'm a I'm a HubSpot guy and every problem can be solved with HubSpot, or I'm a WordPress guy and every problem can be solved with WordPress. That's that's going to limit your ability to explore new options as the industry keeps getting disrupted, as new tools keep coming out. So I I recommend that we all keep our minds open uh, to technologies and uh, you know not just uh, let read content or consume things that just confirm what we already believe. Right. And that's a that's challenging the mindset, especially here at an agency. You know, am I really here to promote my agenda and my, you know, uh, preferred platforms? Or am I here to spend my clients' mm -hmm. money wisely? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and an answer for one of my clients is not an, the same answer for another one because they have very different strategies. You know, even even a simple thing when people come to to me and who come to you for content uh, advice, when they come to us and we start with that, you know, hey, I need to build a site or I need to build content or I need to, you know, whatever it is that they're asking either of us. The question, even at the beginning, is are, why are you building it? Is it, you know, mm -hmm. even even a tiny thing like, oh, we're building it so that we can max it out in three years and sell it. Or, oh, no, because I'm going to do this forever, right. you know, and I, I love it. Those are just right even there. Those have nothing to do with me or you. That has everything to do with the client's perspective and the client's yep. goals. So right. we may have us. very different, very different answers based on that. Oh, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to pay for ads. Okay, well, if you have, you know, content that is generating leads on a very sustainable and predictable um, way, then you probably don't need to. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, it, you know, if you have no audience yet and, um, you know, or are looking to totally growth hack, the answer is completely different. So I think mm -hmm. just in those small little snippets where you and I work a little bit more in content and how things are working on a website. It comes back all the way also to the website, and it's about finding partners and experts that you can work with who have a mindset of being open-minded, like you said. Let's just take a step back, and I, I don't want to be a hammer to that nail. Yeah, and if you're goal-focused, you should not be looking at an article that says five reasons this is good or bad, because that article was written for everybody, not for that specific brand, website, company, goal. Right. right. Well, Andy, as always, this has been so amazing. Thank you for coming on and clearing the smoke and really, for me, helping, you know, our audience. It's just, you know, we build this audience on Ponderings from the Perch because we do want to help. We want to make sure that people are making the right decision, the best decision they can possibly make in the moment for their marketing and marketing spend. So, as always, you're a fantastic resource. I just thank you so much for coming and taking the time. But I have to give you one last shout out because I'm not joking. Your book is fantastic. It's called Content Chemistry. If you have not read it yet, you absolutely have to get it. It's gone through years of different uh, versions, and I think more to the point of where you you were saying, Andy, that you know you're always open to new technology and you're thinking about things. You have gone and taken the painstaking time to go and update that book over the years, and I know that's not necessarily a fun chore, <laughs> but mm. it does keep it really current, and I I really appreciate that, and so does my team. They really enjoy it. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. It means the world to us. We worked really, really hard on it, so very grateful. Well, and if you are not, um, if anything in this uh, podcast was of any interest to you and you are not a subscriber to the Orbit Media Studios blog, then I don't know what you're doing. So make sure you go subscribe. But thank you, Andy Crestadino with Orbit Media Studios. Make sure to go check him out online. But thanks so much, Andy. I appreciate it. Thank you, Priscilla. This was super fun. Well, that wraps up this episode. All the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing wish you a great day and happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.